0: Hey, good morning, Metropolis. It's now five of the hour of six a.m. in the big monster city.
1: Come on, let's get pumped! I'm not
2: drinking any fucking
0: below. That's all, what can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we After you, Junior.
2: Everybody. That was my Caleb Coho impression. Welcome to the 47th episode of Logged It. Tonight we're talking about uh, something I'm very excited about. Uh, peek behind the curtain. Caleb Boatman came up with every topic that you are going to, to hear this month on Logged It. And uh, this is why. Because he thinks of things that I wouldn't. Uh, this I love this idea. Voice, performances. Can be animated movies. Can be... The regular movies can be the the, the, the any movies. Uh, so very excited about this. Uh, looking forward to it. And we got a great panel uh, of uh, movie enthusiasts, but also, more importantly, sandwich enthusiasts. Brooklyn Vale is here. Brooklyn, how are you today, sir?
3: Uh, I'm doing great. It's been a great Canada Day weekend. I've uh, gotten out... Uh, Yeah, to do some stuff and then watch some movies. And yeah, voiceover performances are freaking great. I feel like voiceovers were great for actors, especially in the pandemic, because
2: they didn't have to leave their uh, their house.
3: They could just just record and still make money.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joseph, you are also here. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing all right. Um, Yeah, hopefully, I'm hoping to make a list, contribute to the list by making it diverse, but also good.
2: Fair enough, and as always, Caleb Boatman is on the show. Caleb, how are you?
0: I feel like this has been the first time in a while you and I are back on the show together. Maybe that's not true, but it just feels two weeks. But it's 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 two weeks. I miss you, Tim. I miss you.
2: <laughs> I need you now <laughs>
0: <laughs> more than Hey, do you want me to make the post the link?
2: It has been posted. Uh, oh, good go. okay, good. Okay. I didn't know. So, okay. Uh, we're gonna get into it right away. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start off the way that we always uh start as soon as I find the banners, and that is with our favorite movie that we logged this week. So uh Caleb, why don't you kick us off? What are you what are you talking about for this?
0: One? Yeah, uh so as we all know, yesterday was the fourth of July. Uh so I was like, you know what? Fitting title. I'll watch Born on the Fourth of July. Uh so yeah, that was the movie I had never seen that one. Uh just phenomenal just phenomenal probably my favorite film i've seen from oliver stone uh i i think while i like platoon i think really kind of circling in on just one character ron kovic and just really telling his story i think improves the film i think cruz is just giving such a phenomenal performance
2: can't tell if I froze or if he did. Nope, both
0: froze. Okay. Um,
2: Well, then I'll jump in until he comes back. Um, I have not seen this. This is one of the few Tom Cruise movies I haven't seen. I'm actually, um, I'm just finishing up my uh, Ridley Scott watch uh, for the year. And I've decided that after I'm done with that, I'm going to hit all the Tom Cruise movies I've never seen. So um, I've already picked up quite a few of them, but Born on the Fourth of July is one that I still have to watch. But I'm looking forward to it. I've heard only good things about this. Um, I'm hit or miss with Oliver Stone. I haven't seen a ton of his work, but the ones that I have seen, I'm kind of like, yes, if the-. Uh, I like Platoon, uh, but everything else I've seen is kind of like, eh, eh, so, uh, yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, Joseph, have you seen this? I have not. Uh, of the Oliver Stone movies I've seen, my favorite one is Platoon. Uh, but yeah, I do want to see this though. Okay, Brooklyn, have you seen this? Uh, I have
3: not seen this movie, but I do love another movie where Tom Tom uh, Cruise uh, has a role in the military um, that might have gotten nominated for an Oscar at some point and then
2: lost to uh, Unforgiven. Same, same. Why can't it what?
1: Do you want answers, Tim?
2: What is the answer? You,
3: you, you can't handle the truth.
2: Oh yeah, great fucking movie. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh all right. So let's move on. Uh Brooklyn, what's your favorite movie you logged this
3: week? All right. So my favorite movie that I logged this week uh is a rewatch. I decided to throw it on, and this uh it just hits so it hits so much more in Rewatch. Uh it's Whiplash. Uh so this is my favorite movie from the 2010s. It's probably gonna stay in like my top three or like top five all time, uh just because of the notes that it kind of hits. Um seeing a seeing a drummer kind of get to see you, what you did, or, did I mean, yeah <laughs> um or like seeing a musician just kind of like strive for that strive for that performance and just the kind of the, the dedication that it takes um i'm gonna spoil the fuck out of this movie so if you haven't seen this movie spoilers in five four yeah five four three two one the beginning of this the beginning of this scene the beginning of this movie, how it's kind of like a coda to the end where he does that, does that kind of as um, that build to the role is really good. Um, I love the scene where it's the three of them and they're and they're trying to get that lead, that lead part uh, with like the double time jazz and they're there. <laughs> like JK Simmons is like, You might, you guys may as well get a coffee, and it's like like five hours later and they're still going, all of their hands are bloodied and there's just, you see that level of defeat every single time. Um, I have had bosses similar to JK Simmons, not at that, that level, but kind of share the same ideas that like, they're, like the worst thing that you can say is good job. And that like, you know, you need to give a little bit of that kind of kick in the ass. Um, it's a much, it's a, it's a very dated way of kind of like coaching and management, but it it weirdly works because it, it makes you like like when you get to the end end of that movie and you see Miles Teller like he's finally playing Caravan and then you see him mouth to J K at one point like fuck you like everybody wants to do that at some point and it's there's something very satisfying um yeah I I fucking adore this movie a great way for I think yeah because this was Damien Chazelle's was this his directorial second second ah oh, yeah okay but yeah still great fucking movie.
2: Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I I, I don't have any shame saying it. I think uh, this was one of those movies. This was in the time where I was watching literally everything that came out. I still do that now, but not to the extent I was in 2014, where I saw everything. And this was one of those where I knew nothing about. I literally had no idea it was even about a drummer. I was seriously like some. I heard somebody on something say Whiplash was good. And it, when I all of a sudden saw a movie pl- called Whiplash playing at the theater, I was like, "Guess I'm going to see this." And uh, little did I know, and this was before I was a drummer too, so I wasn't even playing the drums yet. Um, and but I was just instantly like in love with this movie. Like obviously J.K. Simmons is fantastic, but um fucking miles teller is so good in this movie and am i crazy or is paul what's his face his dad um, riser paul riser fucking stranger things and aliens and, shit. and aliens yeah and aliens and shit yeah no he's great i love him as the dad in this movie too um the and i'm, I'm terrible chloe something is that her name who's the who's his kind of like girlfriend uh super the actress yeah,
1: yeah.
2: i can't think of her name uh, but I like her and her small part too. And I just think, I think Brooklyn's right where like, when I think of movies that like create just like a visceral, emotional reaction out of me, like this is one of them. And I have no shame. I think the last 10 minutes of this movie could possibly be the best ending to a movie of all time. Like I straight up think the, the last 10 minutes might be the best ending to any movie ever because it just it delivers on every single front um and when Brooklyn's already spoiling shit but when you get to the end and they go out and like they have that meeting or they they like talk at that bar or whatever and he literally says like, oh yeah you should come play we're gonna we're gonna play some of the hits caravan you know like blah 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 whatever <laughs> and they and then he gets there, And J.K. is like, we're going to take you back to old time with swinging something. And he's up swinging. Yeah. And the look of just like panic and that moment of like, he walks off the stage, but then he's like, no, fuck you. And gets back on and just, just destroys. And the moment that really seals the deal here is there's like that moment where. JK goes from being absolutely fucking pissed that he's walked back out and doing this to holy shit this kid is playing is is the best drummer and is playing fucking crazy and you that that's why he wins the Oscar. It's not because of him screaming and yelling and throwing shit. It's moments like that where it, just his face.
3: Oh, if he wins, if he wins the Oscar for anything, it's the tune. It's the tuning thing. And then especially when he goes back to the other guy and he's like, "Oh,
2: I knew it was you out of tune." Yeah, but, but the, it was like the, but It's worse to know he that it's worse know. to know that you're not in tune. Yeah, yeah. It's just the whole movie is just honestly kind of perfect, um, and this isn't a shot at Coho, but. I would say the majority of casual film people not necessarily us but the casual people think that La La Land is is the the best one. I just I don't understand like how anybody can watch this movie and then watch La La Land and not think that this is a masterpiece and that La La Land is good. Like you know what I mean? Like La La Land's not a bad movie, but like this is like on a whole nother level. I just I I agree with Brooklyn. I've been talking way too long. I, I fucking love this movie. Uh Boatman, before you disappear
0: again, what do you think about Whiplash? Yeah, I just rebooted my Wi-Fi. So hopefully okay. we'll be good. Uh but yeah, uh I'll just say one quick thing. I love the moment where uh Fletcher before he like comes in and yells at everybody before like the big concert, he's talking to the little girl, and it's the most terrifying scene in the movie because he's just being super friendly and nice and he even says oh when you grow up you're gonna come play for me right and you just feel so much terror because you know if that were to happen that would she like she would get yelled at to the nth degree so it's just amazing well and
2: even like after he says that to her and he's like all sweet and Andrew Neiman, right? That's his. That's Miles Teller. Yep. Yeah, he's like watching him, like, oh man, maybe this guy like has a thing. And then Fletcher bursts through the doors, and like, all right, dickheads, and like is immediately like back into that other persona. It's just, it's so fucking good, man. Uh,
1: Joseph, what do you think about this movie? Uh, I don't think there's much I can say more of after no. all three guys, but that's okay. Uh, I do really like this movie. I have only seen it once. But the one time I really liked it, yeah, I agree that the ending is up there as one of the all-time best endings out there, definitely. And that scene where he says, uh, we're going to take a while, so you might want to get some coffee or that scene, and then that hellish session happens. I'm like, oh, that's fucking really bad like, geez. Uh, Yeah, it's a good movie, though. Really, really good movie. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, Let's move over to Joseph. We'll stick with you. What is your favorite movie along this week?
1: So, uh, I've been watching Best Picture Winners for over a decade. And I have had a few movies that I've wanted to see, and other movies that I've dreaded watching. So, I decided after hearing terrible things about this one Best Picture winner for over a decade, I will finally watch it. I'm down to my last handful, and I do not want it to be my last movie among the Best Picture watches. So I finally watched Crash. And this movie, I'm glad that people... (laughs) I'm glad that people have told me to not expect great things about it because... I do agree it's not a great movie. But for all of its flaws, it does something. It's not my favorite one, spoiler alert. But for all of its flaws, it does some things that I've never seen before. It tells you that racism is bad. (laughs) And it tells you racism, racism is bad over and over again. For like half an hour straight. This
2: is your favorite movie. I, you.
1: I said no, it's not my favorite movie. Like, oh, I
2: thought it was. That's why I put it
0: up.
1: I said spoiler alert, it's I'm not my favorite you one. Just I'm just doing this here. Is
0: going. All
1: right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But it's hits you over the head that it's race that racism is bad so much that I needed something to balance it out. Okay. So after watching Crash. What? <laughs> If you need
0: to bounce out, racism is bad. I'm scared about what? You watch. All right. <laughs> so,
1: so, I watched another best picture winner afterwards Rain Man. Finally, able to cross that off my best picture list. I'm down to three now.
0: Oh. but yes
1: Rain Man this movie is so charming Dustin Hoffman as Raymond Babbitt has the most endearing way of saying yeah or uh oh and definitely and it oh my gosh also Tom Cruise is way way more of a douchebag than I expected in this movie and I was like jeez oh my gosh But their scenes together, with their, with their discovering each other, because they did not know that. Well, uh, Charlie didn't know that he had a brother, and then the on and then the ongoing friendship and family bond that they grow through the movie is very moving. And oh yeah, I needed to have a, hopefully a good best picture winner to watch. And yes, I did.
2: That was quite the journey we just went. Uh, I will say. I will say. I really like this movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, I saw it in middle school, high school, really enjoyed it. I um, haven't seen it since, but I did just buy the Blu-ray because like I said earlier, I'm going on a Tom Cruise kick this year. I just, I, I love the man, uh, not uh, for certain views, but for the films that he's in, I think are all, most of the time fantastic. Uh, and so I will be giving this one a rewatch. Maggie's never seen it. Hoffman's incredible in it, but I, I think Tom Cruise is great as well. Um, I, I just think it's a great journey and a great story. And I like, I think both characters, like it. it's just one of those movies where you just like feel good by the end. Like, it's just, it's sweet. And, um, it's kind of like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it, it, it's, it's just, I guess sweet. Yeah. I guess that's the good word. I just, I, I really enjoy it, but I haven't seen it in a long time. So uh if you're still saying that it's still good then my memory of it must be correct but like i said i'll give it a rewatch very soon uh as i go through the tom cruise journey so two tom cruise movies so far uh boatman your take on raymond
0: yeah no i really like raymond uh i think this is just a great road trip movie on top of all the yeah. you know that like yes does it cover social things yes but i think just at its core it's just it's a road trip movie between two brothers And I really like that. I think Hoffman is great. Is that me or is
2: it him? No,
3: it's Bowman again.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. no. Hey, well. Brooklyn, have you seen Rain Man? I have not seen Rain Man, but Joseph talked
3: enough about Crash that I should probably talk about Crash. Because I have seen Crash. I paid $17 to rent Crash for a a debate against (laughs) Cody that I ended up losing. So, fuck you, Cody, for making me choose Crash to think that I could win a point off of you. Uh, but yeah, Rayman, uh, I would love to see it because uh, I would because lo- I know it has like a blackjack scene, um, and I- that'd be like a favorite. That'd be a favorite like logged-it sub list of like movies that uh, that accurately depict casino life. Um,
2: but uh, okay. but yeah. yeah, I like that. I'm idea. sorry, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Let's move on to my pick, um, which I, um, between two, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, we, we've talked about it on this show, but I'm going to, I think we have at least um, as I'm typing it out. So I'm going to go with a rewatch um, as soon as I can get
4: it up. Oh,
2: <laughs> Do you want to come say something? Is that what you're trying to do? You can come on. You can come Listen,
4: I don't know how you do a show with a person that can't commit to being on the whole time. His internet sucks. And I'm going to be honest with you as a whole, as a person, I don't normally get Tuesdays off. I wasn't invited to the show, which was the disrespect. But second, um, wait, You made a post? I don't, I don't. I'm Cody. I don't add, answer. You're beyond, welcome. I get, I get invited. I don't ask to be on. Okay. That's how this works. Anyways. Um, but I've never had a journey to tell me that racism was bad. Followed by the all white movie with no racism whatsoever. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah.
2: Feel free to stick around, buddy. I'd love to have you if you want to. Um, we're going to get well,
4: into the topic.
2: What's that? Animated What's
1: voice topic? roles.
2: Huh. Not even animated, just voiceover. Voiceover
1: performance.
4: performance.
1: Oh. Or, yeah, voiceover roles. Sure. Uh, if
4: you want me on, I'll be here.
2: If not, I'll well, leave on okay. here. Boatman, who knows what's going on with Boat. Uh So, my favorite movie I logged this week is a rewatch, but it is my favorite film of this year. Uh, I showed it to Maggie. She dropped the five stars. I basically just wept when that happened. Uh, I, I have decided now that this movie will just. Make me a blubbery mess every time. I've cried all three times I've seen it. I think it's incredible. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I just think it's just kind of perfect. Uh, the first time I saw it, I had a couple minor issues with the movie. And then when I rewatched it, it had no issues whatsoever. Uh, and come on, Boatman, what are you doing? And then, uh, I mean, he's frozen again next day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just... I think that the movie is, if you look at it just purely from a multiversal, like, uh, sci-fi-esque movie, it works great. Uh, but then you get, it works perfect, honestly. it It's what Multiverse of Madness wishes it could be, if we're being completely honest. Um I, I would go so far as to say I like this movie more than Spider Man No Way Home, which is another multiversal movie recently. Like, I just think that I think Michelle Yao is fantastic. Um, Bowman, come on. Uh, Bowman, help me out. Who plays
0: Short Round? Uh, K Hui Kwan. I might be butchering his name.
2: He's so good in this. It's He's so good in this. And uh, the woman who plays the daughter is fantastic. And that's the thing, is at the end of the day, like i said the sci-fi stuff the multiverse stuff is perfect but then everything else the relationships the characters like the actual like personal journey in this huge scope of a movie is so so good um it it i no i'm not joking when i say that i have been brought to literal tears every time I've watched this movie. I just I don't want to oversell it because I know there are people that don't love it and didn't it was it was overhyped for them uh, but I've just got to be honest with myself and there's no other movie this year that has made me feel the things that I have felt watching this movie and like I said, it's two hours and 19 minutes. I think it flies by. It doesn't excellent job of explaining the rules and the uh like contingencies of this of this story and this world and this multiverse um and then just executes them perfectly but i do think the the i i'm not going to remember his name but the actor that played short round and was in the goonies and everything who comes back for this as the as the um husband waymond i think he's he's so good um and if you know me at all i i hate it I hate it when every time we talk about a movie, we have to say this person should be nominated or this. Like, I fucking hate that. But I am being so serious where if he doesn't get nominated for this, I will be pissed. If she, if Michelle Yao isn't nominated for this, I'd be pissed. Uh, they're both so excellent. And this is a movie that just like, I, I genuinely think everybody should see. I think there's something to like here. For everybody, whether it's the family drama, the crazy action, the uh, over-the-top adult humor, what have you. I just I just think the movie – I, <laughs> I think it's the perfect movie. I really do. Um, I, We finished watching it the other day, and I said to Maggie, I was like, I don't know if there's going to be anything that tops this this year for me. I just I, – I don't think it's going to happen. The only thing that could maybe come close is the fact that Scorsese has a new movie coming out this year. But uh, that would be the only thing. Uh, Brooklyn, have you gotten a chance to see this?
3: I have not. Kicking myself, I was gonna go see it in theaters because I had seen review. I'd seen reviews from like Coho and Holtzman on Letterbox, like raving, Am I frozen raving about
0: it.
2: Brooklyn, freeze.
0: Nope. Neither of you are frozen on my end. I'm good. Oh, then I'm then I'm geeking out. But go okay. ahead. Okay,
3: but no, I really want to. I really want to see this movie, and I want to, like as soon as it becomes available for
0: streaming in Canada, I want to watch it.
2: Sorry, then I geeked out there for a sec. Uh, Boatman, you have seen this, I know.
0: Yeah, let's hope that uh, I'm able to talk about it. Uh, yeah, uh, there are so many specific references in this movie to different things, and I love all of them. Like, it's so weird. There are so many weirdly specific references, but even if you don't get the references, this movie, is I, I really think it's a delight because it does, through the multiverse, it's able to basically do, like, a bunch of different genres, and I think that works really well. Uh everything that they do is great. I, I think this movie is awesome.
1: Joseph, have you gotten to see it? I have not seen it yet, <laughs> but I'm calling it now. You'll be pissed at the Oscar nominations that it will happen next year. Oh, it's yeah, it's not going to happen. But. Cody,
2: I have actually, I don't know. Have you watched this yet?
4: No, so basically my 2022, like I wish I could go to the theater as much as I want to, but children <laughs> suck. Listen, um, what I want to do is why well, I normally will watch a bunch of 2022s at the end of the year. You know, the hope, the dream, the plan is to maybe the first time I watch this is when I watch the Scorsese film with you in, uh, in, um, and then we can watch this as well. I've heard great things. Uh, again, this has been hyped hype to the moon and back. Um, but me and you agree on most things. Like there's some weird stuff like Terrence Malick and stuff. You get up your own ass, but overall, I think this one you may be correct on. Like I think I I, I like to assume. So yeah, that's fair.
2: Uh, yeah, I think I I think you would be into it. Uh, okay, so because my internet is now deciding to be stupid, I'm gonna go next uh, with um, my next pick for worst. We are moving on to worst, our least favorite movie. That we have vlogged this week. And um, I'm going to tell you guys a little story here quick. So um, I got this brother-in-law. His name's uh, Robert Parker. And uh, he buys movies on my voodoo. You might have heard this story before. I've talked about it on my worst segment uh, pretty much every time I've been on the show for the last couple months. Uh, This movie, though, was not because he was studying for trivia. This was because in some... God forsaken chat. Am I still there? Feel like I'm losing it.
4: You're slowly declining. Hello. Slowly
2: declining. You can
0: keep talking though. here
2: I am. I'm back. Okay. In some God Forsaken chat, Robert Parker was told to buy this movie on my voodoo and then watch it. And now it exists on my voodoo. Uh it's called Wolf Cup. I don't know why it's on my voodoo, but Cody's uh, review said something about uh, another competitor and another thing that, yeah, no, so I'm assuming that's why, but um, I've seen things now that I can't unsee. Uh, This might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. So before I break out again, um, oof, Uh, Brooklyn, have you seen this?
3: Uh, no, but I think I know I think I know the chat that's being referred to uh, I believe this is uh, u- this is used as a fuck you movie uh, for certain Oscar bets um, I only hope that I can get Pokey Beach to that
2: same level Boatman
0: No <laughs> Okay,
2: Joseph <laughs> Joseph? You're muted
0: Joseph, you're, you're muted oh. We'll just yes, disagree. I am. Double no. Racism is bad. Go yes, it you. is. Oh yeah.
4: Um. So I was the first one to get this movie. Um. And um, a movie is a is actually a, an insulting word to use for this film. Uh. This thing. This side project. This. Honestly, I don't give a lot of half stars. I think you have to royally piss me off to a level that is unforgivable um chance ellison is um in like the ultimate pits of hell for this choice like i've seen i think i think again i'm not a movie trivia i do not need to be corrected in this world i will let it be known but there's a movie that came out in 2010 called wolfman and i'm pretty sure it had anthony hopkins and benicio del Toro. is that right yes that's correct okay I have seen people turn into the wolf man. What I have never seen is what happens to the genitalia of the wolf. <laughs> wolf. Wolf cop tells you what happens to it. And if you're a male or identify, that is the most painful scene in film history that I, I can't have ever it. seen. I still can't. Um, it is it is it like people are like it's a B movie it's fun this is an F movie it's an abomination I'm sorry you had to watch that but yeah I'm pretty sure the pun- same punishment happened for me yeah it was a wild time so yeah sorry you had to live that
2: it was not a good time
4: uh Brooklyn and it happens quick it happens like 18 like 18 minutes and he does the Oh penis. yeah and the it's movie
2: it, the, the best part of the movie an hour and 18 minutes so we were in and out uh, but I still saw a the two and movie. a half penis. That's shorter than the Apple. Uh, so, uh, Brooklyn, your least favorite you logged this week. All
3: right. It's so my least favorite movie that I logged this week. Uh, it technically went up on rewatch, but it's still my least favorite movie. Um, it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, so what I don't like about this movie, I think this is where Feige, this is like the first Feige kind of fuck up um, because in, like, like, this movie alone is great. Like as a Sam Ray movie, Ray, Ray movie is it, it, it's great. I like the horror, like the horror elements of this. I think they do. I think they do a really good job with, um, with Scarlet witch. you kind of setting her up um, the scene where she's like like that opening scene where she's just dreaming about her kids and just wakes up and is like kind of has to go back to her everyday life uh, that hits home. Um, I know exactly how she feels and it sucks, but Yeah, where I where this movie where this movie kind of fails is is just like as a pillar of the MCU, and I think I think there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff where it just it doesn't really make sense. Where like this got pushed, this got pushed ahead of Spider Man, um, Spider Man No Way Home. So the the kind of setup for America Chavez is kind of kind of screwed up um, because I think I think she was supposed to be. In Spider Man, Spider Man No Way Home, and then that's and that's how they that's how they get everybody. But then they had to like scrap that, and then Ned has has a sling ring or whatever. I just think it's a disservice to her because I think if I think if these movies come out in that order, we don't get the we don't get the gripe of like oh, America Chavez didn't really do anything in anything in this movie. Um, and okay, I'm gonna spoil this again. I'm gonna spoil this again. So if you haven't seen it, I.
2: Sorry. I would maybe avoid spoiling this. It's it's pretty new. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, it's it's good on its own,
3: but there isn't like a theres a ton that really happens.
2: Yeah, I um I just rewatched this a couple like last week, the week before, whenever it dropped on Disney Plus. Um, I disagree with you saying that it's the first like big Kevin Feige fuck up only because Disney Plus exists. But in, in the case of movies, like sure, um, I think a lot of the Disney Plus shows are pretty mid to bad, and um, I think that this is on the same level of those. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie um, at all. I actually I quite like it quite a bit, um, and upon rewatch, I agree with you, Brooklyn. I actually upped it a little bit um when i watched it i watched it five times opening weekend so like i my brain was like a little mush from like how much i watched it so giving it some time watching it at home then um was it was a fun experience i had a really good time watching it um there are just it, it's one of those movies and i said this on this show i believe it's like the ending of this movie to me is like like nothing like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a bitch boy, but, like, when I go to my Marvel movie, like, I want to see people punching each other, and nobody punches anyone in the finale of this movie. It's very sad. Um, And, like, so, like, I, I like the emotional beats of the ending of the movie, uh, but I don't love the finale itself. But I think the second act, uh by itself, taking out all of my, like, fanboy bullshit is really fun. Uh, I love the horror vibes. Uh, I love, I I love Dr. Strange as a character. I think he's, he's great. And I love the Sam Raimi vibe in here. I also love that we now know that the eye uh, in the octopus thing uh, is somebody's eye in, from the movie. I think that's a pretty fun little added tidbit that I enjoyed. Uh, But yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Anybody that tells me it sucks or they don't like it. Yeah, I get it. I understand uh but I, I had a good time. I'm I'm just more excited for Thor if I'm being completely I I'm, I'm so I'm so excited for Love and Thunder this week like yeah. So, uh Bowman, have you you've seen this? I think you finally No, I,
0: I still have No, I haven't? It. Okay.
2: I still haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh Joseph, did you see this? I have not seen it either. Cody, you're a big Doctor Strange
4: fan, right? I I'll be honest, I'm probably in the community probably like the first Doctor Strange a lot more than most. I I actually really like the character, and everybody's like, he's just Iron Man that can do like mystical things. Well, I fucking like Iron Man, so I'm okay with that. Um this movie does it this movie <laughs> when I left it, it was like I was like I was justifying like an ex-girlfriend that I dated, like, well, she wasn't so bad in these areas and we had fun here, and we did the stuff here, like, but at the end of the day, I don't love the film, like, I'm not running back to it at this point, but I think that's not a bad thing overall, um, because, like, I, I think overall, if I had to be honest, I think Marvel since then has faltered a little bit in their, in their movies. I don't love most of the new ones that we've gotten, like, I'm not in love with Black Widow, I'm not in love with Shang-Chi, I'm not in love with it, I hate it in Turtles, so there's, like, and no way I'm home. Hit. Yeah, well, no. No way home is no him's my child. So I, I I love that. That's my childhood. That doesn't have anything to do with the MCU to me. But but I think it's just hard because we're off such a fatigue at this point. I think we're all fatigued. I and I think honestly, if you want to be true, I don't think it's the movie's bad. I think the marketing was terrible. I think the marketing screwed this movie up. I, I think it I think it presented something that we were never going to actually get and stuff, and people thought it was going to be the same like effect of The reason Spider-Man works is because it brings characters that we know to the forefront. And we understand and we have a connection to either Garfield was your Spider-Man or Toby was your Spider-Man. Everybody has the Spider-Man. No one has that it was Strange at this point, so it doesn't have the same link or love that you need to have. The only thing this movie made me wonder and worried about is the future of the MCU. I think they made a lot of weird choices, a lot of weird things with character development, um, a lot of stuff when they bring them in, like the, the, the stuff. I'm just interested, but again... I mean, look at Feige's success rate as the MCU. There's no franchise that has ever even come close to what he's been able to do. So at this point, you're allowed a few give, like mess ups. It just happens. Like, you know, and there's still people walk around that Batman's a great movie. They're blinded too. Like there's there's just blind people out there. Like overall, there's yeah. when you like something, you're in love with it, there's gonna be the fanboys that tell you it's amazing, but at the end of the day, you gotta tell the truth to yourself. It's not maybe as great as it is. Not things are gonna live up to Infinity War Endgame. Like those were twenty two yeah. movies yeah. living to as in body. It's just hard to match that anymore. I
2: think Nick said it really well. I think he said it in a recent fandom match. It might not have aired yet, so um but he was talking and he said i wasn't even there i was watching it during the edit and he said that multiverse of madness is this phases iron man 2 where the movie isn't great but there's some really fun stuff in it and i think that is a really good comparison we're like Iron Man's a great comparison iron I- man 2 is not a good movie Yes. I want my point. Well, is so much fun. Tony Stark himself is great, and I think that's a really good comparison. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I think that's kind of where we're at. But we're no mics. I, what? I just, I just want my point. I just want my point. Oh, uh, he's Coho ho
4: from two years ago. Pulling the mic close to his mouth so we can all blow our eardrums out.
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, Bowen, we're on to you. Your least favorite movie you this week.
0: Uh, I technically speaking didn't watch it this week, but I logged it this week, so it counts. Uh, I'm going with a film from 1970. Uh, this is a film starring Barbara Streisand and George Segal, and it's called The Owl and the Pussycat. The whole premise of this movie is that Barbara Streisand is annoying Go Isn't that me. funny? Isn't that funny? It's Barbara Streisand being very, very annoying and George Siegel getting annoyed with her, and that's the movie until then he's not annoyed with her and they end up together. Spoiler alert for all you Owl and the Pussycat fans out there. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, that was the spoiler. Was the anyway. I, I know, I know. Joseph just still took his things off, so <laughs> now. So no. Anyway, the movie bad. I can't even really say much about it other than it, it's just really annoying.
2: I haven't seen it. Brooklyn.
3: Um, when you first said the title, I thought like I thought you were talking about like the story that Tweedledee and Tweedledum tell in Alice in Wonderland, but I realized that was the walrus and the Carpenter. And now I want to see a movie called The Lawlust and the Carpenter. The Owl and the Pussycat just sounds like a weird combination. Um, yeah. Nope. Not for me.
4: Joseph. I have not seen it. Cody. Titles mean a whole lot when I pick out movies. Same reason I haven't watched Shampoo yet. Just think it's a terrible title. This is <laughs> this is one that would definitely hit the radar. No, thank you. Not <laughs> oh.
2: All right, Joseph. Uh, we're on to you your least favorite movie along this week.
1: Uh, speaking of things I've been dreading to do this year, uh, I've been doing the video store challenge for 2022. Yeah. and one of the categories challenges that you had to do have to do is rewatch a movie that you previously gave two stars or lower. And I picked this one out of my rated movies two stars is that or lower because challenges? Sorry?
2: That's one of the challenges.
1: Yeah, to to rewatch a movie you gave two stars or lower. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember that one, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so uh I wanted to pick a movie that I don't remember hating myself watching. Cause it's one thing to watch a rewatch a movie that you think is that you hate or a movie that you just may be bored by. Like I remember being bored by this movie. So I went with it because I also like the director, John McTiernan. And I also like the, well, I haven't read anything from Michael Crichton, but I like Jurassic Park. Um, The 13th Warrior is kind of boring. 1999's the 13th Warrior. The worst part about this movie is that it, It thinks that it's epic. It thinks that because Jerry Goldsmith is scoring this movie, that it's one of the monumental sword and sandals, swashbuckling type of medieval films of its year. And Jerry Goldsmith really in the year 1999 was really doing some heavy lifting on scoring movies. First was the mummy. And then this movie and then I don't know. I'm just so bored by it. It's kind of like it introduces different plot elements for Antonio Banderas's character to try to rise up to the occasion and fighting against these terrible demon-like uh, beings that are attacking a village. And I don't. I'm never satisfied with it, with how the movie plays out. I feel like some of the battles are kind of underwhelming. It also feels weirdly too short. I feel like the whole story is super underdeveloped. It's only a hundred and, let me see, it's 103 minutes, an hour and 43 minutes long. I feel like it's just too short to make uh, any sort of impact that it wants to make. So uh, it's not as bad as I remember because I'm already uh, numb to the idea of this not being uh, very great. But what still disappoints me is that there's a track that I like listening to it a lot. That Jerry Goldsmith composed. It's called Valhalla. They butcher up my favorite part from that track in the movie. That's most that's annoying to me. But yeah, that's my least favorite movie I logged this past week. Uh so full transparency. I just looked at
2: my video store challenge list. Uh this one was the third one I did. I did it back in January. Oh, it was Scream 3, is what I picked for this one. Uh so Definitely, why I forgot about this one being one of the challenges. Um, Brooklyn. Oh, I haven't seen the Thirteenth Warrior. (laughs) Fuck that shit. That's
1: how far are you in the in your video store challenge, Tim?
2: I believe. uh, Let me look. I because I have it. I think
1: I'm one two. So there is
2: uh, how many challenges? There is sixty one. There's sixty one challenges, and I have fifty two movies in the list. So I have nine left. Uh, I haven't seen this shit. This sounds terrible. Uh, Brooklyn, have you seen this? Have no, have not seen this. Nope. Brooklyn, you've seen a
0: lot of movies. Yeah, I have. Have not seen this. I never had to play Brian, so we
1: never used John
0: McTiernan. Again.
1: <laughs> that's Fair. David. David for Jerry Goldsmith, nineties.
0: Uh, well, that, that's true, but like Brian, also would use John McTiernan all the time.
1: That's true as well.
0: Does that matter? Okay,
4: um, what was this? The, have I seen the 13th War? No, but when he said it, I thought this movie was going to be two hours and 42 minutes long. I am surprised it's 103 minutes. 13th Warrior sounds like the most epic war movie that's ever existed, and it's definitely not. So that's crazy. And no, I haven't seen it. I have no desire. I've never even heard of this. So. Oh,
0: of
1: Tim, this, Tim that, this was the movie that you heard me, uh, my, you and Brooklyn, uh, good, play, good. Uh, your player, yeah. Um, okay. Cody, do you have a least favorite movie you want to
4: talk about? I mean, sure. Um, so, I'm doing this lovely thing. Um, so, I want to preface. Can, can yeah, I? Can I? Can I? Can I cuss? Absolutely. Okay. So, there's this bitch that lives in this community. His name is Caleb Coho. Um, I consider him a friend, but he's a bitch. Um, so he does this thing where he. He came out with his fandom rankings. Every fandom movie ranked.
2: He hasn't seen. Them.
4: There's no rhyme, reason, understanding anything of this list. It makes no sense. Um, not just from like a film like standard, but like how he gets to rank stuff. He has things that he watched when he was probably like six years old, and then he watches and he has something that he watched at two times speed ranked higher. So. <laughs> Me, I said I can't live with this. I have to do this. So I'm going chronolo- I'm going by release order. I'm going basically Tim's letterbox. 103 443 movies. It will probably be like four fifty by the end of the year. I'm going eat by release order. So I've watched a lot of fandom films right now. As we sit here tonight, I have watched 35 of my list since I started this what? a week and a half ago, two weeks, whatever. Scene 35. I could talk about um, Beneath the Planet of the Apes or Batman 66. Listen, your nostalgia classics, that's hot garbage. Stop it. That thing is terrible. Or I could talk about two-hour Fantasia that I wanted to literally Don't um, dare. smack myself dare. in the face with a bat. Um, but I'm going to talk about a movie that I was passed off as something that I did. it just wasn't true. So my favorite movie I would have talked about was Mary Poppins. I think Mary Poppins is one of those movies that we do not deserve in this world. I think it's just pure joy and happiness, and there's, it's crazy. Then there's a movie that came along in the 70s with the same exact team and put out bed knobs and broomsticks. Now, I want to apologize to the runners of Fandom Fights because I would sit there and be like, guys, you're doing live action. Where's Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Where's Bedknobs and Broomsticks? I'll tell you where bed knobs and Broomsticks need to belong. In the garbage. This movie is terrible. There's a football scene. Yes, I'll use the soccer term. That lasts so long. And it's supposed to be funny. It is miserable. Portobello Road is a song that they sing. And I was just told last night that in the director's cut, it is longer. And I already thought the song was way too long. Mr. Banks deserves better. The animation deserves better. Angela Lansbury deserves better. Like, oh, this move I tried to put this into terms and people don't understand this. But if you've ever went to Walmart and bought the great value version of Pop-Tarts instead of normal Pop-Tarts, this was the version of Bed, not, of Mary Poppins. It was stale, no flavor, awful, and you hate your parents after you did it. I think I've watched this movie more times than I watched Mary Poppins when I was younger. And to top it all off, there's Nazis in this. There are Nazis, and they're not Illinois Nazis, and they're not even Raiders of the Lost Ark Nazis. They are just terrible, boring Nazis that don't get to pay for any of their crimes. This movie is terrible, and it's pissed me off.
2: Yeah, it's not good. Um, <laughs> I think that the – I have it rated as a three right now. I must have been drunk when I watched it. I've only seen it the one time. Uh, I think I
4: gave it a two-star because there's still some, like, a little bit of happiness. But, like, overall, it, the, the the team that put this together oh. should have known better, my dog's best um,
2: I do think that some of the visual effects are very good, um, not necessarily the animation, but the visual effects with like the knights and like the the armor and that type of stuff. I think is is pretty good. Um, and Angela Lansbury is fantastic. That doesn't mean that like what she's given is great, but I think she's very good. Um, I don't I don't hate this movie the way that Cody clearly does, but I I don't I don't like it. But to be fair, I also don't love mary poppins because i'm a cold-hearted asshole and uh i know that that is one of cody's favorite movies so it makes sense why you have the same team who makes mary poppins make this movie and it makes sense why cody doesn't like it
4: sorry my last thing two things i hate in film one children children suck in films and they should really just stop casting them because these kids are god awful like there's some good kid actors but most of the time they're terrible i have three of them let me tell you they're bad and the second thing is if i didn't watch this in order and watch mary poppins first this wouldn't be such a kick to the balls that this one is at this point so i think that's why i'm so angry about it now what and I'm also I,
2: my case. I cut out when you said what your favorite of the week was what was it mary poppins Oh, fair. Okay, great. Uh, okay, uh, Brooklyn, your take on
3: Bedknobs and yourself. I have not seen this, but I think this. I think this belongs in the conversation of greatest VHS covers because you just see them like on the bed, and it's like the whole family or whatever. And I think I'm sold on that cover alone. But I'm glad that I haven't watched it for that
2: reason. I, I like that as a as a thing. The VHS cover. I, I'm I'm into that. Uh, Boatman.
0: Look. Okay. I get I get why Cody hates it, get why people hate this. I like it. I don't know if that's a legitimate like or I'm just it's just Stockholm syndrome with this movie. But but I like it. I I I have a good time with this one. I'm probably honestly it's probably like the exact opposite of Cody. Where Cody loves Mary Poppins so much that he hates that this doesn't live up to it. I love Mary Poppins so much. That I'm basically willing to eat the generic brand Pop Tart. That's fair, uh, Joseph.
1: Have not seen it.
2: All right, cool. All right, well, that's going to do it for the beginning of the show. We're going to jump into our um, meat and potatoes, as Boatman likes to say. When I'm not here, uh, I watch the show. When you're not here, when I'm not here, so uh, we're going to get into it. It's going to be a voice performance. So, lots to choose from here. Lots of different things you could go with. Uh, we're going to kick it off with Brooklyn and his first pick. Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, God. Is this going to uh, be another South Canada as the villain? In- uh,
3: no, no. But, um, but these are movies. Um, so, no, <laughs> a movie that I love that is in fandom. I think that's in fandom that nobody talks about or doesn't talked about enough. It's Over the Hedge. Over the Hedge is a great fucking movie with an incredible all-star cast. Like, there's a million—not a million, but there's a lot of forwards I can go to. Bruce Willis is the main as the main character. Steve Carell plays Hammy the Squirrel. He's fucking awesome. Uh, fucking Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara play porcupines. Uh, Avril Levine is in this movie. She plays a possum. But the role that Leslie Feldman, the casting director, nailed to a fucking tee is William Shatner plays an opossum and it's gold it's just perfect where it's like an opossum is uh is is kind of the whole thing is about playing dead and william shatner is just such an over dramatic actor everybody has their impression of him but it just it it just so fucking great um in a in a movie where there's where it could just be overshadowed by a lot um it works like it, there's that thing where he's like, he's causing the distraction where it's like must go toward like, must go toward the lights. Um, but there's also like, they kind of take some time to have that relationship with him and him and Avril Levine. I didn't really know that I wanted that, uh, but I kind of do. Um, yeah. Over the Hedge is a fucking awesome movie. And I don't know why it, it doesn't, it should be brought up. Like it's should be brought up as a great kind of like standalone animated movie, probably going to be no sequels, um, but yeah, just a it's, a it's a great cast.
2: But this is like supreme casting. A lot of people really dig this one. This is one of Nick Tuig's favorite DreamWorks movies, which has always baffled me. I love the man, but some of his movie choices, like The Losers being like in his top three DC movies, and then Over the Hedge being like a top five DreamWorks movies, blows my mind. I don't hate this. It got me three points against Cameron Redshaw to make him answer a final question. So I have to like it a little bit. I still lost the match, but overall, you know, whatever. Uh, but there are things that, like, uh, William Shatner's the high uh, A highlight. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, mean, I never, this was me. Like, I should have loved this. I was 11 when this came out. This should have been my bread and butter. Uh, but I was more occupied with like rewatching The Incredibles for the 700th time and that that Spongebob was that, that was also too. me though. I also, but, <laughs> I think the SpongeBob movie was on TV that that day that this came out and I probably watched that. So uh I don't know. I don't I don't hate it like when I rewatch it for fandom, I don't hate my time. Uh but there are definitely like in the whole world of voice performance movies, I don't know, uh, Bowman.
0: You've seen the works that Dream? Yes, I have. Uh, look, this is one of those movies that I, I will never begrudge anyone who says they don't like this. I grew up with Dream, like with Over the Hedge. I watch this all the time, and I, I, I will always have a soft spot for this movie. Um fun fact, my nickname in middle school was Hammy. Uh literally because I know one of the kids, a teacher said, You remind me of that squirrel from over the hedge. <laughs> and Did that teacher not get fired. No, because like I, I wore like a freaking badge of honor and everybody started calling me Hammy in middle school.
1: I can see um, that.
0: It wasn't, like, the face. Like, just the... I was very, like, an energetic child. So, yeah. No. I was... I was hammy. In terms of William Shatner, I don't know if he's my favorite character from this movie, but it is. It's such, like, on-the-nose casting, and it's so funny.
2: That PS2 video game was pretty good, though, I will say. Uh, Joseph?
1: Uh, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. Um, I enjoyed it as a kid. I... Don't know if I would like it as much now that I'm older, but William Shatner is eating up the scenery, chewing up the scenery to a T with that uh, one scene that I don't know if people care about spoilers, but uh, that one scene where he's (laughs) people,
2: people want the the answers to fandom. You can go ahead and spoil
1: (laughs) that scene where he's faking his death in front of all the kids is really, really great. And yeah, in retrospect, when I look at the cast of this, wow, it is stacked. Like, it's way, amazing. way more than I expected. Nick Nolte, he has the bear. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's nuts. That's also, same bear. talk Talk about also perfect casting. <laughs> uh, Cody,
4: you're going to watch this soon. Um, I, I love the sound bites that uh, Joseph has tonight, like the spoilers on Over the Hedge. Yeah. Uh, listen. This is why we have Brooklyn on the call. Like, you know, keep us on our toes, do things. There's not a chance in hell this would have ever should have made brought this up. My kids are watching it the other day. Um, and I heard I all I heard from the background, three days, and I was like, this Is Nick Nolte in this movie? That should have been your pick. That's my that's the person I wish was my father. Um, yeah, great. This movie, I saw the animation and everything. I understand the hammy stuff because. I mean, look at him, but um, yeah, interesting choice. Not would never have made my. I thought I was gonna suck on this because I didn't prep for anything, and then William Shatner, and I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. All
1: right,
4: uh, I'll go next. So
2: I could. Boatman. Should I, I wonder. I go, so so here's the thing: is there's the Tim you get obvious choice? There's you get two. two. I have two Tim obvious choices. I don't know like if I should go against the grain or not. Like maybe well, yeah. one no, no, no. here's the here's the thing. I'm not gonna go next. I'm gonna see if someone else takes it. So Boatman, we're gonna go to you actually.
0: Okay. Uh well I I'm gonna I I'm gonna take my non obvious choice. You know what? I'll take I well no, I'll take my non-obvious okay. choice first. I'm taking Scarlett Johansson in her. I thought that
2: was going to come up. Uh,
0: Yeah, I, and we know how Cody feels about this pick. Um, But anyway, and Kirk, and Kirk. I I do think this is a really good performance. I think that in terms of voice performances, she adds a lot to this character. I think it helps that she has Walking Phoenix to play off of. I will absolutely back that up. But I do think ScarJo does add so much because the way as the film goes on, you can kind of tell that her voice goes from being more computerized to having more kind of a fuller emotion into it. And I think that's really fascinating. I also I think that it really just gives like a full on character to someone who we never actually see. And I think that's fascinating.
2: Um, I know that this was brought up as like on somebody's like best performances. Was it, was it, like, it seems like something Coho would do. Was it Coho? Mm-hmm. I remember watching it when it happened but I don't, I don't, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Coho or not. Um, I, lo- I love this movie. I genuinely do. I, I think this is a great film. I like ScarJo in it. I like Joaquin Phoenix a lot more. Um, but I think this is a great fucking movie. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I think the last time I watched it was maybe 2015. Uh, So I definitely owe this one a rewatch. But that being said, like the people that are like, she should have been nominated for an Oscar for her voice. Like, like cool cool your jets she's great i love the pick because i i figured it was gonna come up like uh it wasn't one that i would have picked but i i'm happy it's brought up because i i do love the movie i think it's fucking awesome um but yeah just not it it, i i don't consider it like one of the all-time performances and it's not because it's just like her voice or anything i just there's other stuff. I, I think Joaquin is is by far the standout in the movie, but it's a great pick for this topic. Absolutely, uh, Brooklyn.
3: Uh, I haven't seen this movie, but I can already like hear her voice, like just from like the clips and stuff. And uh, yeah, a nice out of the box pick. And I love love the love that kind of thinking for these kind of shows. Joseph, haven't seen
4: it yet. Oh, oh, that's surprising. Uh, Cody, hey ScarJo. Read this, slow it at the beginning, and then sound like yourself at the end. What are we doing? No, not chance. Like there's how they're even close. Like Joaquin Phoenix is the only reason that movie. Like he's good, Catalyst, but you could put anybody in that role to read those lines and do the same performance. No, weird. They're be, they're merging into one. Coho and Tim Boatman are merging into one human being. And I swear, at some point, it's happening. I had this
0: opinion.
4: First. You sound surprised when you say that, though. Like they've
3: they've been the same person for a while.
4: I mean, me and Tim have been best friends for almost like what four years, and we're still different.
2: I well, I think they're a little different,
4: but yeah, no, I
2: I, I hear I hear you. I'm not. He's gonna, he's not- gonna start
0: wearing glasses. Go ahead. I'm not watching things on two times speed.
2: I'm proud of you, but that's the next That's thing. true. That's a good job, Boat. All right, uh, let's go to Joseph. What's your first pick? Uh,
1: so I'm in a similar predicament. Do I go with an obvious one, or do I go with the non-conventional one? And uh, Boatman was not... <laughs> uh, Boatman did not go the way that I was expecting, so uh, that might end up opening the door for me to go with another pick that I kind of want to go. Um, Disney villains can be very, very memorable. And uh, one of the most memorable ones for me, anyway, as uh, in, in any Disney movie, uh, is Ursula. Pat Carroll from The Little Mermaid is my pick for this one. Uh, she has this really great blend of being seductive but also sounding like such an old and uh vengeful hag and the song of course the uh poor unfortunate souls is great. I don't know she's saying that but anyway, she's really really great. One of the best Disney villains and Pat Carroll does a great job.
2: Cody, what's your take?
1: Uh I this is one I thought about
4: uh instantly thought about it. I think some of the best voiceovers in like the you know voice characters or performances is in Disney movies, especially of the villains, and especially of that like run from 89 to in the 90s. I think they're fantastic. Um I think I think she has she does she scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I had two older sisters, they love Little Mermaid, we watched it all the time. I think that movie is kind of. I still think this movie it doesn't give a good message, but overall, that movie does not get enough credit for what it deserves. I think the character actor, like the voice acting in that movie, is insane, and it's mainly she's one of the best parts of it because when she does those like gravel, like you hear just in her voice where she's like, it's great. Her song is fantastic, and then like you know body language, Um, but like you know she's like, and then she like tries, she gets you like she can act sweet it's kind of like you know back to like snow white when the the evil witch like those different contrasts like all in one character i think she's fantastic it's what i thought about for bringing it up good choice i've never been the biggest little mermaid fan
2: i love ursula i think she's a fantastic villain but like cody alluded to i don't love the messages the movie gives i just um I don't know. I've never connected with it. My sisters growing up, I also like Cody have older sisters. I have three older sisters that all loved this shit. Um, And I was always like guys, Beauty and the Beast is far superior. What do you do? I will Uh, agree with that. Yes. I'm always always a Beauty and the Beast Aladdin uh, Lion King type of guy over the Little Mermaid. And uh, yeah, I just I've never loved it, but She's fantastic. Uh, the villain is, I, I think Ursula's by far the best part of the movie, and I think Pat Carroll uh, it does a lot to make that work. So, yeah, Brooklyn.
3: Uh Yeah, I agree with you guys that Ursula is the best part, uh, best part of this. Um, she kind of reminds me of, like, how somebody would perform Megatron. Like, it's very, like very low and brooding but there's something that kind of like wants to pull like pull you in or there's something like she's trying to like like joseph said like trying trying to seduce you i think i think what kills little mermaid is the songs their songs aren't that great part of your world is not like a super super duper like i want song and then under the sea is fun on steel drums and then that's about it
2: wow
4: can i come back in no, you have your time. You have your time. Oh, my God. I don't to decide that. But that is I, such a trash take that I've ever heard in my life. That is one of the most garbage takes. I,
2: I don't love that movie, but Part of Your World is a top-tier Disney. Uh, the only thing
4: that... The song is what works in that movie. The movie does not work. The songs are what makes that movie better. The, like
2: The only song that everybody loves from that movie that I don't love is Kiss the Girl. Oh, uh, so good. But, uh, but Part of like Your that. World and, and Under the Sea are fucking Under the songs.
4: Sea is so... Good, uh, Bowman. You you continue this.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, I I think that Pat Carroll does a fantastic job. The way she performs "Poor Unfortunate Souls." I I don't I don't I wouldn't say this. I don't find myself actively listening to uh, "Poor Unfortunate Souls" all that often, but I can't deny that the performance on the song is just phenomenal. Okay.
1: Uh, I will I yeah I, I I looked it up because I wasn't sure about it, but yes, Pat Carroll does sing the poor unfortunate souls for the movie, so yes.
4: Uh Cody, go ahead. Do you have a pick? Oh, I really want to just pick Sebastian.
0: <laughs>
4: um uh, just so I can talk about his films. Um but I mean, I, I don't know what you guys are battling through. You're like, oh, the, the obvious one. I'm going to pick mine right out of the gate. I'm doing Jeremy Irons as Scar in and Lion King. I don't feel like there has been a be- I stand by it. I think he's the best villain in Disney movies. I know there's qu- qu- questionable ones, like some could put in the same level, but he overall is a villain. Um, the way he talks calmly to people, to where he raises his voice, like how he just he, – He's so precise with everything he does. Um, sings seven-eighths of Be Prepared. He strains his voice at the end, and somebody else has to come in and pick the last line of Be Prepared up at the very end. But um, he does Be Prepared so well. It's one of my favorite Disney songs of all time. Um, and then on top of that, um, just like the Kill Him, like those little things. My favorite part of the entire his entire performance is when Simba returns to Pride Rock and he's like, no, it was like when he's trying to, he's backed into a corner, but like, and he's making Simba like question everything. They'll know the truth about you, blah, blah, blah And he gets backed off into the end. It's just so, it's so good. Like, um, he's just, he's fantastic. His performance, I, he's so menacing. He didn't really scare me as a child because I really like Scar. <laughs> like, I understand. He gets pushed to the side for this little bratty kid at the end, and like, well, yeah, he probably should leave, but turns out it's a bad idea. Um, yeah, but Jeremy Irons and Scar, fantastic.
2: I don't know. I think edgy Ejiofor might have done it better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh
4: yeah. You want to end was- our friendship right now? That's a
2: good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think be prepared is top tier Disney villain song. Jeremy Irons is so good. Just, you're right, the way that he is like eerily creepy, but also like super like inviting, kind of in like a weird way in his voice. Like, and just the way that like he performs it. It's just, you don't get vocal performances the way that we did in like the 90s, like where he's so over dramatic, but it works so well like when he goes to Mufasa and to um Zazu and he's like Simba and Nala they're at the and he's like hypervent it's like so over the top but it works so well because Irons is just he's so good at selling it um yeah I mean this is obvious for you but it's a great fucking choice so yeah uh Brooklyn
3: now, if you want to talk about a movie with incredible music, we are we are here with the Lion King. Be prepared; just can't wait to be king. Fucking either version of the Circle of Life or Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's great. I I love the kind of timid shyness that that he gives gives at the start. Uh, and then I mean everybody everybody can kind of hear it like Long Live the King. Uh, and then yeah, uh, Cody has trauma and he
0: gets sailed. Uh, yeah, no. Like I, I think that just like you can hear the absolute disgust in his voice for just everyone. He just has contempt for every. I mean, the way he delivers the line, "I'm surrounded by idiots," like you feel that. Like that's that's Cody's mo. That's just Cody. Okay.
1: Oh no, Zazu, you made me lose my lunch. Yeah, I love this movie. I love Jeremy Irons. Uh, I considered also James Earl Jones as well because they both own their roles to a T and it's incredible. Yeah, I love it. Great pick.
4: All right.
2: All right. So I don't know if I'm going to be bending the rules or not, but. i consider this a voice performance the person is not seen on screen and it is their voice coming out of a computer generated image it might have been motion capture but i think it counts uh and i think i'm gonna start, I, we are traveling to the world of middle earth i'm sorry we do it every time but i think i'm gonna shock some people in that i i'm going with Andy Serkis as Gollum and I think his best performance as that character is actually in The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey um I love The Lord of the Rings that trilogy is I, I've talked about it endlessly on this show and every other program um to the point where every fandom video it's oh, it's my favorite it's Middle Earth uh but this movie I think is actually Andy's uh, best performance in the role I think that the technology by the time we get here is so just fucking nuts and incredible uh, the way that they do the motion capture. I think this is the best Gollum looks, but I just think the Riddles in the Dark sequence. The Hobbit is also my, my favorite book of all time. I, I I haven't read it in a couple years, but from 2010 to 2020, I read it every year. Uh, and I, I love the book it's my favorite part of the book is riddles in the dark. And I think they just, it's the one part of these movies that was nailed to the T from where the book was. And I think Andy circus crushes it. Um, And obviously part of that is like the motion capture stuff, but his voice so signature to the role, they, anytime you hear Gollum and it's not Andy Circus it just it feels weird. Um I love the Middle Earth Shadow video games but when Gollum shows up in them and it's not Andy Circus it's fucking weird. Uh there's a whole game called Lord of the Rings Gollum that's coming out in September and I'm scared. I'm going to buy it because I'm a freak but I'm scared. Uh and so I just think that he's so excellent he brings so much to this character. Um, And while there's definitely moments in two towers and return of the king that I think are excellent. He's phenomenal in them. For some reason, I've just always attached myself to this riddles in the dark scene. Um, I just think from beginning to end, it's, it's astounding. There's, there's a very specific reason why, in that movie we are flashing back and forth between characters and doing stuff and then when we get to this point we don't cut away from it for 15 minutes uh because the energy is so high and he is so good in it from beginning to end i just i i i could talk about middle earth all day so i'll shut up but i i do really really think that he's a he's great big fan uh okay brooklyn um.
3: Yeah. When you mentioned when you mentioned this character, I thought you were gonna go with um the two towers because I think because I think I think he's fucking legit in that in that like that scene where he's just looking at himself in water. It's when we call with Um. I've only seen bits and pieces of Hobbit and Un- Journey. Um. But uh, you were talking about games, and then I was like, oh yeah, Elden Ring came out this year. But go- it's kind of sad that Gollum doesn't appear in that game at all. And then my question for Tim how, how is Elden Ring as a game?
2: haven't started it. I bought it no. two months ago, and I haven't played it. So I got to beat LEGO Star Wars first.
3: Fair enough. That, that, have a fun time with that. that, a, that <laughs> you know very, how the story very is. Very hard
2: collect yeah. a I do know how it ends. Uh, I'm in, in the middle of Episode 5 right now, and I'm having a blast. Uh, Bowman, uh, the unexpected, an unexpected Journey.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I think that i i i would probably personally go like two towers that's fair um if i'm top, but i i get it i think i think honestly it's more about the the lack of like gollum in this one like he's in it but he's not you know as it whereas he's in so much of the two towers but it is it's a phenomenal performance yeah.
1: joseph uh, great performance. Not what I was expecting. A ri- not what I thought of originally when we thought of voice performances. Yeah. I was only thinking of animation. I but I, I can't deny that Andy Serkis kills this this role. It's it's great. And, yeah, the I read the book. I did not read the Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Rings books before I watched the movies. I did for The Hobbit when it was being released. And, yes, that scene lives up to it.
2: It is chef's kiss.
1: Uh Cody.
4: If, we, if he loses, we eat the Baggins hole. I think it's great. I, I'm on the record. I think I like the first two of the Hobbit movies a lot. I really do. I, I have so much fun going back to the world. I like uh, Unexpected Journey a lot. And I like Desolation Smog more mm-hmm. than most. Um, I'm That's what I'm really excited about. Like when I get to that part of fandom, that's why I started with this order because I get like the, the really good stuff at the end. Like I'm really pumped for that. Um, like but Corbyn. like this, yes, I'm I'm pumped to watch Morbius with you. But anyways, um, Andy Circus in this role, I I Two Towers is my favorite, but I agree with you. I really like this part. I, that I think honestly is the Riddles in the Dark is like top five scene from Middle Earth for me. I love that scene. I have a lot yeah. of fun with it when it happens. Um, just the wit, like figuring it out and like not. We know him beforehand, but if it was released before, like we don't know like that character at all, and it's kind of a freaky scene. And he's just, like working his way through it, and he has at that time he has no like real like you know bravery or whatever built up in him. He's just got to come off the kill. So it's a really nice scene. I really enjoyed that scene. A good choice. I uh, didn't think about it, but um, also I think Nick's giving you a lot of shit in the chat, which is just unacceptable. Well, of course, I would only I would only expect him to.
2: Uh, so, uh, I could I should have picked Jared Lowe as Morbius when Morbius <laughs> is all vampire Uh, okay, so we are on to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, what is your next? Ooh, can't wait. All right.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that you brought Cody on because, uh, because my next choice is going to be Studio Ghibli. Um, and I he was didn't gonna, bring me on, uh, yeah, and I was gonna go with him I was like, because whenever I was doing my Studio Ghibli watch uh, last year and just going through the cast, like there's so many, so many like great names that they grab just for these, for these English voiceovers or whatever. Um, but I'm going to go with one that I think that Tim and Cody haven't seen, but I think you guys would really like. Um, so Michael Keaton uh, plays a pig pilot called Porco Rosso. Um, I've seen it. You have? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's, I think I it's really, okay. Um, I think you'd really like it. Um, there's a lot of things that he does in this that are kind of like, I think if you liked him in Batman, I think he, I think it's, there's kind of similar, similar vibes. He plays this pilot, um, and it's kind of like set in like, like it's kind of like a film noir. There's a mystery. Um, it's kind of like if Michael Keaton went to do Batman, um, or, the like like The Dark Knight Returns, because he has. 'Cause he's helping out a like a little like a little redhead little redhead girl as well as well And this kind of similar to the like uh, the Robin in that comic comic run. Um but I think he's just giving the right amount of like charisma and charm and like there's like even his chuckle, I think it works kinda kinda perfectly with this. Um this was also in a time frame where I don't think we knew where Michael Keaton was or like what he was doing acting wise, kinda just fell off a cliff and then I uh, showed up in Jack Frost or whatever that one where he played a snow. I oh, man, I should have done that as a voiceover because technically he isn't in the movie; he just provides his voice. Um, he well. is in the movie in the first part. He died. Oh, shit, right? Oops. Well, um, but yeah, Porco Rosso is is, is really fun. Um, it's a really fun, really fun adventure movie. I think it. Uh, Studio Ghibli always hits the scope really well, but I just think I think it's another instance of just kind of perfect casting. Um, and he gets he gets to kind of do the kind of the old man tendencies now, where we see like retired actors coming back to do these, these like actiony kind of things. I feel like he kind of gets to get get a glimpse of that early on in this.
2: Bowman, what's your take?
0: I I, I like Perco Rosso, so I, I like this performance. I think Keaton actually brings a whole lot to the character, and I actually, I I'd say that the movie would not work as well without Keaton. I actually think because he has kind of exactly what you need where just the right amount of like grumpy cynicism without going too far to the point where the character is annoying because he's still just charming enough because it's Mike Keaton. And he still has like the the quest for fun where he's still like enjoying himself. And I think he finds that perfect balance.
1: Joseph, what about you? Um, I was a bit on the fence of Studio Ghibli movies, not because I don't like them, but I was thinking I haven't seen I haven't seen all of them with their original voice actors. But I don't know. I, I was uncertain about picking which side to pick if I were to use use any of them for the for this episode. Because on the other hand, I know that some versions in the Original Japanese version are would be better over the dubbed versions, but I don't know. I I, I wasn't sure. But I wasn't. I was on the fence on that. But I like it. I like Michael Heaton and Esporco Rosso. I think I saw it in dubbed. I can't remember anymore. But uh, I th- it's a it's a good movie. I don't remember enough about the voice performance. Is what I can say. I guess. Cody. <laughs> Cody,
2: you said you saw this. Was, you... Yeah.
4: yeah um, w- there's a person from Canada that decided to dump a bunch of shit on us um, in a team's match. Ain't that um,
2: Fucking Tales from Earthsea, motherfucker. Listen,
4: listen, I'm going to make this real clear for everybody. Um, if you guys want um, if you wanted Ghibli in fandom, Brooklyn ruined that chance very badly. Um, just to let you know. Uh, because let me tell you, me and Tim hated this. Hated this journey. Um, you guys, you guys <laughs>
3: did well in that round. You
4: can't. Uh, the, the Lady of the Trash. Just um, because we did well doesn't mean we had a good time doing it. <laughs> correct. I think this was like one of the better ones that I enjoyed. Like of the movies, I had the most fun with this one. Uh, My problem with Studio Ghibli is normally this one. I think this is why it's 90 minutes. A lot of them just overstay their welcome. They wait way too effing long um, about stuff I don't care about. Um, But yeah, I mean, fine. I'm glad you put it on there because, you know, representation. I just think that, you know, like when Paul sees this, he would be like, this is bullshit. Who watches the English dub? And then we're all like, fuck. So I'm glad that was you and not me. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, okay, so and I haven't seen it, so I have
2: nothing to say. Yeah, we uh, I, So <laughs> this was not one that I was required to watch for that match. So I did, still I got watch, to watch Kiki's
4: Delivery Service. Still haven't. I, I got.
2: I got to watch the Witch of the Waste or the Witch of the Trash or whatever the fuck it's. No, so it is Witch of the Waste, isn't it? It's and I, Witch of
4: the Waste, I believe, but we called her Witch of the Garbage. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. All right. Uh, So we are on to Boatman's next pick. Boatman, what do you got?
0: Yeah, I'll get the obvious one. Robin Williams' Aladdin. Oh. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to go there, but cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, the greatest voice performance of all time. Uh, I think that he just adds so much to the character. I don't think the movie works as well without the character of the genie, and I don't think the genie is the genie without Robin Williams. Just the the way he the 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 improvisations, the the manic energy, the the different voice performance there, you know, the the well the different voices that he's doing. It, it's just he is this movie. Like Robin Williams and Aladdin just Anytime the genie's on screen, it it's just, wow. I, lo- I love it. I love all the references. I love how he's doing, like, Peter Lorre, even though it's like a kid's movie. No kid in the 90s was going to know who Peter Lorre was. But, like, that's such a great reference. I-, I love it.
2: Fabulous, Harry. I love the feathers. Um, Yeah, no. Perfect. Um, I honestly wouldn't have brought this up not because it's bad because we talk about it all the time but i think it just it obviously deserves a place on this list so thank you for for bringing it up boatman um you know, there're just so many iconic moments and lines and it only gets better with age and i don't necessarily mean age like time i mean age like us like As I get older, more of the jokes like hit in different ways. Like I didn't understand the Jack Nicholson joke when I was a kid. And then all of a sudden I watched it in 2018 for fandom and laughed my fucking ass off. So it's a fantastic movie. It's a great performance. It's top tier Disney. Um, The fact that it even exists is a gift. Um, Return of Jafar you should be disappointed, but Aladdin, King of Thieves. Thank you for bringing him back. Uh, but this movie is epic, and he is—he's great. He's great in everything, but this is—we. There's not much to say. Uh, Brooklyn,
3: um, I'm probably gonna misquote it, but I love what he kind of turns into Schwarzenegger. And he's like immense, ultimate power, teeny tiny little space. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, a lot of it was kind of built on his ad-libbing and then the script kind of around that. Um, I, for a second, I almost wanted to talk about Robin Williams and robots because I think that's kind of the same thing, but it's more so him kind of playing himself. Um, But yeah, it's like it's been talked to death and it's great.
1: Uh, Joseph. I'm afraid I'm going to misquote it too, but there's the one part where he makes the – oh okay here it is he's uh aladdin tells him that you only have limitations to wishes i love his reaction afterwards he's like uh excuse me are you looking at me did you rub my lamp did you wake me up did you bring me here and all of a sudden you're walking out on me i don't think so not right now you're um, getting your wishes down i just love that <laughs> first it's like incredible and it's amazing yeah it's a great movie i loved it uh cody
4: (laughs) uh yeah uh joseph just did a quote that i do in normal day life at work all the time did you rob my land did you bring me here you're getting your three wishes um robin Williams made me love comedy like at the end of the day i've talked about it nauseum. i think he made me love comedy he made it like me be able to laugh. I still don't believe we have like all the footage from the cutting room floor of what he's did on this movie because I think he probably just ad libbed for days and days. Oh god, yeah. Um it's just fantastic. His performance. I wasn't going to bring him up just because of like if I had to pick like the number one voice actor of all time, it's probably him in this movie for me because he doesn't he doesn't just he is basically 17 characters in one person he does so many times like when he does the jack nicholson he's like your kid hey kid like those moments like when he does it's great it's just those funny things like yeah but i can't deny it if you're gonna bring him up like yeah do justice and he's just insane and if people don't stop shooting off fireworks near my house i'm gonna lose it sorry Midwest Uh,
2: sucks to to go off on kind of a tangent here. The crazy thing too, about this movie is you take Robin Williams out of it and it's still a great fucking movie. Like arguably the most iconic scene in this movie, uh, a whole new world. And he's nowhere to be found, but the music like friend like me is an awesome song and so much fun. But my favorite song is before that is the uh uh I can't even think of what it's called now cuz I'm like tipsy. Prince but, uh, Ali? One jump ahead. One jump. Thank you. Like uh, one jump ahead of the Front One ahead of the front. like there's there one step ahead. What's that? Okay. Isn't it one step ahead? One step. One yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I think it's one is-
4: jump. It's one jump. Oh, one, okay. jump.
2: It definitely one jump ahead. It's there are so many moments. He's obviously, I think, are like for sure the best part of the movie. But my point being, the movie is just so good that even if you take him out of it, there are so many moments in this movie that I still love. And I think that's a testament to Disney and what they did for my bad these movies in the 90s with Beauty and the Beast. This, um. Lion King, Hercules, hunchback. Like they just they fucking crushed it from on and on again. It's it's not, not Tarzan.
3: Shut, no, there will be no Tarzan blemish here. I, I, No Tarzan I, I, tarnish. Brooklyn,
2: I got you. I like Tarzan. Thank okay, you. me too. Um Okay. So um, that was no. Brooklyn. That was you? Bowman. Uh, no, that was probably That was Bowman.
1: Sorry. Okay. Uh let's go to Joseph. All right, this one's going to be my unconventional pick. Uh, I've been uh, watching a lot of, well, I had been watching a lot of films from different directors last year that I wanted to go over their entire filmographies. Uh, one of them was Wes Anderson. And for me, I know Cody. Uh, I realize, he, I recognize that he's not for everyone. But for me, I think he nails stop motion. For me, personally, those are my favorite stop-motion films, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. For me, the one actor that I always think of when I think of those movies is Brian Cranston as chief in Isle of Dogs. For the deadpan tone that Wes Anderson does in the stop-motion films, I think I I really love Brian Cranston's deliveries for whenever he says, I bite. But also when he talks about this, his story about the best thing, his favorite food and how you can tell that he has some issues with him. I love his delivery. I think that it's something that maybe, maybe if the movie wasn't so divisive among Wes Anderson fans, it might be more noticed, but I, that's a role that I really, really love and watched Relatively recently, saw it for the first time last year, and yeah, that's one of my favorite aspects about this movie. It is this movie divisive among Wes Anderson fans. Technically, yes, because more people love Fantastic Mr. Fox, which well, deservedly yeah. so. Yeah, and there's more. There's more like criticisms criticisms about how this movie deals with cultural norms and themes. Uh I've only seen this movie once. I saw it in the theater with the
2: Macaw. Uh and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um it's not my favorite Wes Anderson by a mile. Um I love so many more of his movies more than this, but I don't think it's a bad movie at all. I think Brian Cranston is one of the most memorable. Uh, honestly, granted, I've had a couple vodkas this evening, but I don't know who else is on the cast list of this movie. Like oh, I can name
1: you a couple. There's like
2: straight up before you say any, Brian Cranston is the one that I always remember from this movie. Like cheap. Like, I know you got your mainstays, like your Owen Wilson. Like, I know he's in this, and like
1: uh, I don't remember him being in this movie actually. Maybe so fuck
2: me. So so there you go. So like seriously, like I have no idea. But um I he's the one that does stand out always is Brian Cranston. So I think this is a fantastic pick. I'm a Wes Anderson fan. So I know Cody is over there. Not so pleased. Uh, we'll save him for last Brooklyn. Uh, this seems like something.
3: Yeah. I, I've i started this movie and then I fell asleep. Um, but you were talking about Wes Anderson stop motion. And I thought you were going to go fantastic. Mr. Fox. And then I was going to bring up this fun trivia fact is that in that movie, Mario Batali voices the rabbit. And if you don't know who Mario Batali is, the greatest thing to ever come out of America is a show called Iron Chef America. And Mario Batali is the chef that represents Italy and Italian cooking. So just, it's crazy that he is like a like basically like a food network star chef. And then you got to voice a rabbit and a Wes Anderson movie. Cause just he has so much charisma and charm, but yeah, like Brian Cranston can't really do a whole lot wrong. Um, I know that he had, like, he wanted a whole, he went under, like, a whole different, like, pseudonym doing some, like, anime voice work, uh, which is, like, which is great. Um, but yeah,
1: no, Isle of Dogs is definitely up my alley, but I need to finish it. But also, also real quickly, also in the movie, Scarlett Johansson, the effort-mentioned other, another movie, uh, another choice from today.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I like Isle of Dogs. I liked it more on rewatch when I rewatched it recently. Uh, I think that, excuse me, Cranston is probably the best performance in this movie. Um, I, I think he does get a lot. I don't know if he would necessarily make my pick, but I get it. It's, it is a good performance. All right, Cody.
4: Cranston's really good in Breaking Bad, especially when he says the save my name. I don't know who you are, Eisenberg. You're goddamn right. That's great. And then he also does a great line when he does, I am the danger, I'm the one who knocks. Like, that is really good. But this movie, meh. Cats suck. Okay.
2: Um, Cody, you get to go next. You're... I'm going
4: to go really unconventional here. Please like, do. I don't think anybody sees this one coming... It's from a very popular movie, but I think the person I'm gonna pick is gonna be the surprise. I'm gonna pick. Let me let me me guess. Okay,
2: you're gonna go Caleb Coho in the Multiplex Awards voiceover from 2021. Mm.
4: Uh, No, absolutely not.
2: Sorry. Um, I'm gonna
4: pick. um, No, I'm gonna pick Estelle Harris, uh, Mrs. Potato Head from. She just passed away, which also was the reason why I bring it up. I love her in Seinfeld more than anything, but That's she cool. also has some of my favorite moments, like in the Toy Story franchise, like "Don't talk to any, don't talk to any toys you don't know, but pack your angry eyes just in case." Um, like she has just really funny moments. I think her and Don Rickles play each other really well, um, but I think she's absolutely fantastic throughout. I think she has that perfect like mom voice. Um, like when she's she uh, when the aliens save at the end and she's like let's adopt them, um, it's just it's great motherly role. I think she's a fantastic. I wish they gave her more to do throughout. But like when I laughed the hardest when I was younger, it was from Mrs. <laughs> Potato Head, especially when Mr. Potato finds out that he's gonna get it like get a Mrs. Potato Head. He's like, oh, I better shave. Like it's great. So yeah, still there. There are better ones. I understand that, but this is the one that she just passed away. So gonna you it. just said Bucky when I tried to stop
2: you. How dare you? The macaw is trying to go to sleep, and I'm trying to stop her. Um, Brooklyn, love- why don't you talk about this so I can say goodnight? Uh,
3: yeah, this is a fucking. I, I love this. I love this choice. Estelle Harris is like one of those great like character voices, voice actors. As she also did some live action. Um, I loved her in the Sweet Life of Zach and Co- Zach and Cody as the maid. Just didn't give two flying fucks, and like she was just like she was the reason that adults watch that movie because she just basically gave off that feeling. Um, But yeah, um, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised that you picked this because you are Don Rickles. Like when I see Don Rickles, I'm like, oh, that's Cody when he's gonna get older. Um, That
4: is the best compliment you've ever told me in my entire life. Thank you so much.
3: um, Yeah, uh, gone gone far too soon. Um, I was trying to think of like other voice voiceover performances that she had. Uh, She's in Dave the Barbarian. That was a
4: fun show uh,
3: on the Family Channel, which is like Disney Channel but for Canada. Um, She
4: is great. I'm just if you haven't seen Seinfeld as George's George's mom, she's absolutely fantastic. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. No, great choice. Uh yeah, like I I I love her in Toy Story franchise, but I don't think there is a better line delivery in a sitcom than treating your body like an amusement park. Like, come on. <laughs> I still her I think she's had great. She was also great as Muriel in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, if you remember that, she was Muriel the maid and she was great.
4: That's a, I think Brooklyn just, I, just, I just I just
2: talked to Oh, that. sorry.
0: I didn't. I heard him say Dave the Barbarian.
2: Um, yeah, this is a great pick. This is, uh, when, when Cody said the, and your angry eyes, just <laughs> in case it's so good. The, the, the blooper reel on, I, so I put Toy Story 2 on the official list because that's yes. her first performance, but the, the blooper reel in Toy Story 2 with the monkey chow, uh, like all that shit is the, and some Play-Doh and some <laughs> cheese puffs. And it's like, <laughs> it's so fucking good uh toy story 2 is is god tier movie not just pixar or animated it's a movie just god tier and she's so good uh i would not have even come close to guessing this so thank you cody because this is this is great uh don rickles makes a uh uh he it's not him obviously but him as don rickles is in uh the irishman so We brought up Don Rickles. Don Rickles as a person is in The Irishman. We must love and acknowledge that as a community. Uh, Okay. I forgot about that. All right. That's true. Uh, Everybody's talked about
1: Toy Story. Yes. Joseph, did you? Technically not, but I don't know if I can add much to what everybody else says. Fair enough. Okay.
2: Uh, So... I will uh, give my final pick. I'm going to go for the other obvious one. I thought Boatman might have done it, um, but he didn't. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering if uh, everybody knows what I'm going to do. Boatman. No? Uh, yeah, it, it's Billy Crystal in Monsters. <laughs> Thanks, so you got it. Uh, yeah, so it. I've talked about this movie ad nauseum. Uh, it's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> And every time I say to myself, you know what? Maybe I'm old enough. Maybe it's time. Maybe I like The Departed, or maybe I like Lord of the Rings more than Monsters, Inc. I watch Monsters, Inc. and realize that it's just so special. Uh, And Billy Crystal's a huge part of that. Um, Weirdly enough, uh, Sully is my favorite character, but I think Billy Crystal gives the best performance. Um, I think he has the best jokes, the best one-liners. Uh, just the best moments overall in the movie. I just I, I love Sully and the boo relationship way more. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Billy Crystal is by far the best performance in the movie. Um, and it's weird. It's like there are there are certain times where there are characters in animated movies where, You can kind of see the actor in the character, despite the fact that you know that, like, they're not modeled after them or anything. But there are just things that Mike does that remind me of Billy Crystal. Like, at the end, when he swallows the microphone, and he, like, holds his chest before he burps, and he does, like, the one second it just feels so billy crystal even though he's not saying a fucking word and that's a testament to the animators and the director and everything but um i just i there's so many billy crystal moments that are so good in this and honestly it carries over into monsters university where he gets more of the the spotlight in that movie i think he's really great in that too and even the the uh sequel show on disney plus Monsters at Work. I think Billy Crystal is really good in that as well. So, uh, just him as Mike. It's it's one of the best uh, voice performances in my opinion. He brings so much to the character. Uh, Brooklyn. What do you think about this one? Put the thing back where it came from, or so help me. Yeah. What?
3: What? No, that's 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 the name of our new stage show. Yeah. Put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. Um. But yeah. My mother's uh, in the audience tonight.
2: My mom. <laughs>
3: yeah no it's uh no it's it's great um uh, another person that's in this movie the person who plays uh billy crystal's love interest jennifer tilly yeah uh, and if you know jennifer tilly outside of movies uh she is one of the worst poker cash players ever like she's lost a lot of money playing poker um but yeah billy crystal is aw- is awesome and this kind of his like his relationship with each character like when you were talking about him all i could think of when he meets raw like roz yeah uh, the old lady like, oh Ra's, Oh, it's a right. beautiful
2: garden snake.
3: Yeah, just how he kind of like charms her with that. And then yeah, uh there is there's there's definitely some Billy Crystal Isms, kind of like the fear and panic that Mike has, especially when they're leaving uh the name of that fucking restaurant, and then they Harry
2: Housens, yes. Uh, but it's yeah. impossible to get a reservation. Though. <laughs>
3: Sorry, I
2: need to stop myself. Oh, no, that's okay.
3: <laughs> oh, also, I would love to... We were talking about Monsters University, and I, I, I would love to have Corey on here at some point because he actually he prefers Monsters, Monsters University over Monsters, Inc., and I wanted to have like you and him in yeah. on a call someday so that you can have that discussion, but yeah. You great. can already have
2: that with Coho. Well. Well. Uh, Monsters University, great fucking movie, so I don't blame anybody, but Monsters, Inc., like,
0: uh Bowman yeah uh I I love one of my all-time favorite moments is Randall and Mike with Mike backed up against the wall and Randall is like painted? the scare floor will be painted empty the scare floor will be empty a <laughs> little threatened. Uh, it's Cretan, not Cretan. if you're going to insult me at least do it properly yeah. I love that I love that line so much uh, if you're going to I feel like honestly that's me and Cody if you're going to like co- Cody in like a war zone meeting I'm just like okay um, if you're going to insult me at least do it properly <laughs> and then Cody slaps me again <laughs> not literally but yeah
1: Okay, um, Joseph I love the dodgeball line. I can't quote it at the moment, but at the end, uh, I that flew that flew over my head as a kid because oh, maybe, I love
2: maybe, sports. Dodgeball was always one of my favorites. Of course, I was the ball.
1: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. The uh, it it's weird to me how it how much exactly what Tim was saying about how it's. Perfect to perfect for Billy Crisley, even though you don't see him. And after seeing when Harry met Sally for the first time this year, it's definitely creepy almost to a point, but it's so much fun. Uh, the put that thing back where it came from, more so help me, is also a lot of fun in Spanish because I watch this a lot in Spanish because I live in Mexico. Uh, it's ah, hold on, hold on, give me, give me a second. It's uh, and it's like it's it translates literally to. Uh, put that terrible, put that horrible thing back where it came from, or you'll see. But the delivery is exactly uh, the type of delivery that you would hope for when comparing yourself to Billy Crystal. So at least definitely props for uh, the Mexican marketing and voice actors for being able to live up to that as well. I think. So I do need to stop a moment. You live in Mexico? Used to. I used to. Oh, I
4: did not know that at all. Uh, Cody, I just want to give it up to the panelists. We're talking about like voice performances, and we're all like attempting to quote back and forth. So it's like a ballad. Like, good, you guys are doing great. But overall, like, um, but I'm really surprised by this pick. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought you picked some other people from this movie. I don't know. I, I think he's like well, third, fourth on the list. No, I'm just kidding just kidding. Shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, no, the child that played boo. He's the correct choice. Um, I love Billy crystal. I think Billy crystal's comedy really works for me as well. So that's why I like it. Um, and I think just how he, how he's like his relationship with Sully just is magic. It's big brute versus like the, the smart guy. And he's like, what the hell? Um, basically he's more fit to do the job than sully but he doesn't have the ability so he has to do everything else but um yeah great choice um i wouldn't expect anything less so you lived up to expectations you did middle earth and uh, monster Sync, yeah. and i'm proud of you so I, I,
2: I went with both of my uh generic picks but uh okay so that's our list head over to the letterboxd um there's the link right there to check out the list, as well as every movie that we talked about tonight. We have put on the list or on the letterbox, so you can see every single movie we talked about this evening, guys. It's time uh, to get into the movie of the month. Brooklyn, did you have a chance to watch
3: it? No, nope, I've been a bad panelist, to quote Kirk. Uh, it's been a brilliant really, it's been a bad week to uh, catch a movie. It's Canada Day weekend, and then I moved into a new apartment, and there was oh, no internet. So,
2: um, yeah, I haven't. I know Cody watched this recently, so he might be able to talk about it. But um, Joseph, did you get a chance to watch it?
1: I did. Well, not this past weekend. I but I did watch it a few months ago when I was prepping for a certain match that team uh, by with a certain team that picks Scorsese for one of their strengths.
2: Yeah, I know that works. So, uh, all right. So then we're going to talk about it after hours. Uh, it's Martin Scorsese's 1985 <laughs> film. Um, so this is the new movie of the month for July. Uh very glad this was picked. I got to rewatch it. It wasn't one of my choices, but I'm glad it was picked nonetheless because this is a movie that I had only seen once. It was one of the few I hadn't seen from scorsese And I rewatched it back in 2018, 2019, somewhere around there. And I really loved it. Um, I think it's top 10 Scorsese. Uh, lower on the 10s there, maybe in the teens. If it's not the top 10, I'd have to look at my list. Um, and I was expecting to like it more upon rewatch, but I liked it about the same. Uh, I think it's a four-star movie. I think it's really, really great. I rewatched it today uh, in two parts. I kind of had to stop for a few hours and then come back to it. But uh, overall, I think just like the aimlessness, horrible night that Paul it's Paul right boatman I think it's Paul right that is Paul Hack that he's fucking having is just it it's really interesting to be a part of and there are parts of this movie that work so well from like a dark comedic standpoint but at the same time, as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. This is crazy. But then I think about it afterwards, and I'm like, uh, maybe a little bit of a yikes. But at the same time, I think that um, – and I, I can't remember his name, so I apologize. But the man who plays Paul. Griffin Dunn. A guy I don't know shit other than this. Like, I couldn't tell you anything else this guy has been. And I think he's great. Um, I really like Catherine O'Hara and her small role. Um, I think all, all of the performances are really, really good. And I really like the ending, especially the, like, Scorsese, like, tends to do super symbolic endings without, like, slapping you over the face with them. And I think the ending of this movie is really really smart and good with the with the whole paper mache stuff and then heading back into the office stuff like i i just i really enjoy the ending um it's one of the shortest scorsese movies uh which i think helps a lot because it, it really just like from the get-go you're like okay this is what this guy's all about we're, we're off and we're going and from minute I think by minute ten, he's at Marcy's. I think it's Marcy. He's at Marcy's apartment at the loft, and and in you're off. Um, and it's it's ninety like eight minutes long, and it just it doesn't let up from there. It just keeps going and going. This is what Maggie would consider a nothing movie, which means uh, there's no plot. Nothing really like there's stuff that's happening, but there's no plot to drive it forward. Uh, that doesn't bother me. I like that about the movie. I think that the journey that he's going on through this awful night is really fun but i realized today watching it it's never going to be a top five scorsese for me i still think the movie is incredible supremely underrated the fact that it took me and cody like and i don't know about kirk i i'm assuming kirk has seen it but i know me and cody who i would consider probably the bigger me, Kirk and Cody, the biggest Scorsese fans in the community that it took us so long to see it. It says a lot. Uh, I've seen it twice now. I still really, really like it, but it's so underrated. If you haven't seen it, it's 100% worth the watch. Very enjoyable movie. I just don't think that it's the, the best one of his filmography, but it's still a four star movie. It's excellent. Very much worth watching. I think it's one of the best movies of, uh, of the year that it came out. But uh, like I said, I just, I think it's super underrated. More, more people need to be talking about it. Uh, so Brooklyn, you didn't get to watch it, but uh, Bowman, I know you watch, re- rewatched it for this. So go yeah.
0: Uh, this is on my top 100. Uh, this was on the top 100 on first watch, uh, but it's still there. I, I love this one. Uh, I This, there's kind of a genre that, that I've coined the term, anxiety comedy just a movie that is basically equal parts like anxiety inducing and terrifying but also just hilarious and super funny like you're you're laughing but you're incredibly nervous while you're laughing and to me this movie is like the peak like this is just pure anxiety comedy and like the cast in this is so great uh, like you mentioned a few of them but John heard in this movie is really good uh gar is really funny in this and her scene uh or her scenes i should say i i also just want to say the funniest use of will patton ever maybe yeah like he i, I think he says like 10 words. But yes, you're yes, just yes, laughing yes. because it's Will Patton is like a BDSM letter leather guy, and like the idea of like Coach Joe from Remember the Titans as this type of guy, it's very funny. Um, but yeah, this this whole cat, Cheech and Chong are in this movie, and like they're funny. Are I, they
2: both? I, is it both of them?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I knew,
2: I, I knew Tommy. Chong, I didn't realize it was Keith as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, both of them are in this. Yeah, I think they're... they're Everyone in this cast is phenomenal. I also just... There's a great shot in this movie, early on, when uh Linda Fiorentino's character throws down the keys to Paul. And just the, the keys coming down and Paul doesn't catch them. That's just a tiny thing. But they'll just that, the way that shot is done, it just it feels unnecessarily big, and that's because it's kind of the signifier that things are about to be terrible. And I love that. I love, like, the ticking clock in the background of the score uh, and just the way everything gets so terrible and the ways just little things that Paul does that he's not a terrible person. But he does little things that are just not nice things, and the way those things come back tenfold on him are so funny. Uh, this is this is just like this, this such an epic comedy, like in the grand of scale. I I love this film,
1: Joseph. Uh. Had I not been told that this was a Scorsese film, I don't think I would have realized that it's a Scorsese movie, if that makes sense. Not that that's a bad thing, but like I'm still surprised that this is a movie that Scorsese made in the 80s. And I've seen Hugo. I thought that was the most anti-Scorsese movie out there. So... Uh, I I don't know I wasn't I, I, this wasn't definitely not what I was expecting when I w- watched it. Um, for me, uh, I think it's a good movie. I did not quite love it as much as some other people, but I do think it's a good movie. It's a well-made movie. I do like how things slowly spiral out of control. Control for Paul. Um, <clears throat> the first half to me felt a little bit uh, a little slow at times but i realized that after seeing the whole picture that it's like a slow burn but also kind of like a atmosphere vibes sort of thing that scorsese builds for the movie and then later on when uh, after the after the terry gar stuff in her apartment then i see things slowly go out of control and i'm like oh Oh, oh, yikes. I would hate to be in Paul's shoes right now. And that's where it got a little bit better for me. Um, but but it's still a good movie. I did not know this this movie was this stacked either. Uh, so many people that I did not know were in this movie as they were popping up. And that was pretty cool. Um, But it's still a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, not quite my favorite Scorsese movie, but that's still okay. It's still a good movie. Uh, Cody, you just watched it pretty recently.
4: Yeah, um, I've only seen I haven't seen like I'd say four of his movies like that I'm, well no, I've seen I just haven't since game letterbox, I would say. Um this movie's like a perfect storm for me. If this you add 15 minutes to this thing, I think overall you may lose me a little bit. It's it definitely does not feel like Scorsese. Like there are moments that definitely have Scorsese vibes to it, but there's I'm the same way like I like a plot, I like his character development a little bit, like I like what he does with stories. This is like frantic one night get to the characters get out, which is nice and it's enjoyable, but I think he knew what he had and he kept it very limited. What he did because if he he could have inflated this and we would have been in trouble, for my my liking, Um, it's outside the top 10 for me. um, But I mean, it could change on rewatch, but it could also hurt it on rewatch. It just, I just feel like it's very different than most Scorsese films, which is not a bad thing. It's just, I like Scorsese a certain way, you know? So, um, but overall, I'm glad I finally got to watch it. I'm glad when he plays outside of Sandbox too. So you get to like see, but there are sometimes he plays out a sandbox that doesn't hit for me. Like Age of Innocence, I'm not a big fan of that one. But this one, Same. I, yeah. I yeah, this one I, I I love what he had to do. It's got he has interesting the way he shoots it, the way he frames it, everything. I just don't fall in love with the characters as much as I wanted to. Um, but that end sequence is pretty pretty interesting overall. Like I think that's one of the a shocking end sequence overall. Like so, um, yeah.
3: Um, I am going to say one thing. Uh, I've been on this show three times and a couple minutes ago, you might have seen me mouth God fucking damn it. Um, I've been on the show three times and every movie of the month has not been available to stream anywhere in Canada. So at this point, I'm going to need to hack into somebody's voodoo. So like uh, Cody, what's your favorite donut again? I just I, I need I need I need the answers to your security question so I can get it so I can get into your voodoo.
4: Uh, go to go to Tim's better than mine. Tim's got way more movies.
2: Caleb, what would you
1: give this out of five?
0: Five out of five.
1: Joseph, uh, for right now the for me Hugo was a little bit lower than I rewatched it, and then it went up. So it might just be the case for me here with this movie. But for now, it's out of three. It's at a solid three and a half out of five. Okay, and uh, Cody
4: four.
2: All right, so uh, that is going to do it for us tonight on Logged It. Thank you for watching. Um, Here's what we have going on the rest of the month. I, of course, am stupid and didn't make the banners ahead of time. But I can tell you that next week is uh, based on a book. Movies based on books, um, I believe, is next week. I'm just double-checking that. Yes, Movies Based on Books is next week. Uh, we do need one more panelist for that. So if you are interested in that, uh, you can jump in on that one. And then the week after that is all filled up for arguably the most demanded logged-in episode we've ever had, which is Best Directors Working Today. Uh, and then the final week of the month is going to be Movie Pets. Originally, we pitched it as dogs, but I think we can do pets. I think pets overall works. Cats suck. Cats do suck, but there's, there's turtles. Don't discount cool. the turtles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> turtle, will, turtle. The, the, uh, those things from G-Force. Uh, so uh, that'll be the final week. So if you want to be on Based Off a Book, that's next week. We do need one more person for that one. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight. I want to thank Brooklyn and Caleb and Joseph, and then especially thank you to Cody for jumping in last minute. That was Thanks. very fun. Thank you for, for joining us. That was a good time. Uh, we'll see you guys next week with another episode. And until then, have a good night. I'll see you next time.
4: In case I don't see you, good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening